Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. A huge engine failure, it appears, for Erica. The smoke funneling out of the back of the car. Stanfield drives by. On this quick episode, it's a look back at the Epping rainout and a look forward to a wild upcoming weekend in Bristol. And it's Trip Tatum for the first time in his career. 370 flat, 330 miles an hour. There'll be two full drag races run over the course of three days. Epping will be settled in the mountains of Tennessee. Bobby Bodie's 074, and he blows the body off the car. Going through the finish line stripe, Bobby maintains control of the automobile. This is the NHRA Insider. Number 16 is going to take out number one. He left on a, by a day and a half. Both Manson Hines bikes are out, and it is crazy town at Pro Stock Motorcycle. Hey everybody, Brian Loans here with the NHRA Insider Podcast. We are coming at you just uh, days after a rainout in Epping, New Hampshire. Kind of a, it wasn't kind of, it was a real heartbreaker up there at New England Dragway. Um, had one of the weirdest weather weekends I think we've ever had in the history of drag racing. Start out 90 degrees on Friday, 135 degree track. We get to Saturday, temperature falls down into like the high 40s, low 50s, racetracks, ice cold. It's pedal fast. It's craziness. We got one round of mission too fast, too tasty in. And then it started raining. Rains all day Sunday. Safety safari works really until mid-late afternoon on Monday before it was finally called off. And it was called off for, you know, obviously a few different reasons. Logistically, uh, it was looking like uh, we were running out of time in terms of being able to get everything from the teams down at Bristol on time to the television trucks to all the different equipment that the safety safari has to get down there. They need time to prep the racetrack and get it ready for the event and the, 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 the clock just ran out on us. Um, it was tough. It's my home racetrack. It's a place I love very much. And it's like the one, not that I want this to happen anywhere, but the one place I, I just loathe it happening at is, is Epping. We have great fans. They came out in, you know, what were just just miserable conditions to go watch a drag race in. You want it to be 70 and sunny and relaxed and all that kind of good stuff. And it was either boiling on Friday or people were bundled up like they were going on a arctic adventure on saturday and sunday was really the same way temperature wise monday wasn't much warmer it was just um it was just crummy one of those situations that uh, and i live in this region of the country so had it been winter time we would have gotten several feet of snow that is a phenomenon kind of a nor'easter phenomenon where the storm just kind of gets out in the ocean and just keeps spinning around on getting on top of the land and spinning around again and it was um it was very frustrating. The safety safari worked endlessly. They had the track dry, 95% dry, what, half a dozen times or more. one point, we even had cars in the staging lanes, and then the rain came down at that point as well. So the New England Nationals will be contested in Bristol. And, and this is, I'm not going to say it's a new one on me because uh, I've been to plenty of races where we have finished say the semis and finals or the finals from a previous event. Uh, Jason Lyon won Brainerd in Indy. You know, these are not uncommon things. It's it's a bit rare, but it's not totally off the wall. The thing that makes this really wild is that we're running the whole race in qualifying. It isn't uh, one or two rounds. It's all of it. So what you're going to see uh, when you're watching Bristol and or attending Bristol is two races in one weekend. Qualifying session one, and I want to go through how this is going to work because there's a lot of questions out there about how is this ever going to work. And first off, we have five television shows to make this weekend. We have five air windows. So you're going to see all the Epping eliminations through qualifying in Bristol, and you're also going to see your your Bristol race show as well. 
so the way this is going to work, obviously ProStock and a ProStock motorcycle were not at Epping. So they will have a normal race weekend. They will have their four qualifying sessions. This is a four qualifier race. Then they will go into eliminations. We'll also do Too Fast, Too Tasty with them. And it'll just be a normal thing. And honestly, by the time we actually get to Sunday, if we all survive that long, um, it will be a normal race. But Friday and Saturday is where it's going to be wild. Friday and Saturday, pro-modified, Top Fuel and Funny Car will begin their eliminations. Now, qualifying session one will be qualifying session one for everybody. That run will not count toward eliminations in Funny Car, in Top Fuel, or in Pro Mod. Qualifying session two will be qualifying and the first round of Epping. That will comprise Friday. Qualifying session three will be the second round of Epping for Top Fuel and Funny Car, as well as that third round of qualifying. That sets up the semifinals from Epping, which will run ahead of qualifying session four. So between sessions three and four, the semifinals in Pro Mod, Top Fuel, and Funny Car will run. That also will be the first round of Too Fast, Too Tasty. The Epping Too Fast, Too Tasty that's supposed to be contested at Bristol is going to happen real time. It's not going to be a rematch per se. It's going to be real time. So this is a nice bonus check coming to somebody for winning the race and winning too fast, too tasty will get you the extra bonus money. So that's going to happen before qualifying session four. And those runs will not count toward qualifying. Qualifying session four will be the final round in Top Fuel and Funny Car and Pro Mod, as well as the final qualifying passes for those categories, as well as Pro Stock Motorcycle and Pro Stock Bike. It will also comprise the final round of Too Fast, Too Tasty for Pro Stock Car and Pro Stock Bike. What's really interesting about this is we go from uh, you know a racetrack in Epping that was incredibly uh, difficult to get down because of the temperature variance, because of the fact it was so hot and greasy on Friday, and then, of course, it got so cold and so insanely obscenely tight on saturday that there was no real answer to that question either and we go from there to a racetrack that is certainly notoriously difficult to traverse and i mean that in a good way you're going to hear this a lot this weekend and and so let's just get ahead of it now bristol is is one of those places where it's got bumps and weight and waves and heaves in it it's got it's got stuff going on that a lot of tracks don't have and we know some of the tuners are very good there del worsham always puts together a good package for bristol he has a good handle on negotiating a racetrack that other people certainly struggle at. So he's going to be one to watch with Alexis DeJoria this weekend. She obviously won there a couple of years ago. Pro Stock Motorcycles being back in Bristol, a relative rarity and also an entertaining class to watch on this surface. We see a lot of those motorcycles with their front tire kind of skittering along the pavement as it goes down. Pro Mods have long been a staple at Bristol. They've a couple of years haven't run there, but majority of time they do run at Bristol as well. They should. It is one of the great uh, areas of the country for door slammer drag racing. Great legacy there as well. So we have great car counts, full uh, plus and everything. Twenty pro mods, I think eighteen funny cars, seventeen top fuelers, pro stock and, and pro stock motorcycle are full as well. So we have this race going on, too fast, too tasty going on, qualifying with bump spots in all categories going on. And you're going to have two broadcasts on Friday, a two broadcasts, uh, two broadcasts Friday, one broadcast Saturday, two broadcasts on Sunday. So the final show or the first two shows you'll see, the first show will be a qualifying show. Second show will be primarily comprised of the first round of eliminations from Epping. So that qualifying session two for the top fuel cars, the funny cars, I'm sure we'll dip in on some ProMod action as well. And then Saturday, we'll take you through the rest of eliminations from Epping. 
And then Sunday, we'll give you the final qualifying show, and we'll give you the race day show. Just that easy. And if we add in the two pro-modified shows, we're going to make that as a seven uh, productions that we have going on in near simultaneous fashion this weekend. So it's something that uh, is unique. It is something I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the element of shock and awe that this uh, kind of will provide us in terms of what too fast and ever rather what the Epping Eliminator is going to bring into the mix. And so I think the real kind of the real kind of fun thing to watch here is how these teams are going to manage this. I mean, it's um, for a handful of teams, it is going to be five runs over the course of the two days, Friday, Saturday. Majority of teams will be four, but for four teams in Funny Car, four teams Top Fuel, and four teams in Pro Mod, it'll be a five-run, two-day span. And then if you win the race, you're going to make another additional four runs on Sunday. So... It is uh, the best of a crummy situation, let's call it that. I mean, um, you know, the fans, again, I can't say enough about the fans at New England Dragway for their hardiness and their appreciation. And, you know, I had my sons come up with me on Saturday, and, and they had a fun day. Despite the despite the crummy conditions, they found a lot of stuff to do in the midway. They found a lot of stuff to do cruising around the pits, and they certainly enjoyed the action. A couple of their buddies had never seen drag racing in person. They have watched YouTube videos. They've seen stuff. They've got family members that have hot rods but this was the first time that they had actually gone in and sat down and it was pretty fun it was pretty fun to get their reactions not just about the nitro cars but how much they love stock eliminator believe it or not a bunch of teenage guys loved stock they loved the fact that they were real cars and they were doing wheelies and there was kind of fun stuff going on there so it wasn't a total loss of a weekend in that respect I, it just does hurt my heart for the fans because I know how much fans in this part of the world appreciate NHRA coming up to Epping and how much they truly kind of relish the experience. And when you only get it once a year and you don't necessarily have any other tracks that are just a hop, skip, and a jump away to hit, it does change your perspective. If you live in the Midwest, Chicago's not that far from Indy. Indy's not that far from St. Louis. St. Louis isn't that far from Topeka, you can, uh, you can go down to Texas. You know, there there are there are things you can do. And really up in this part of the world, you have New England Dragway and, and Maple Grove's about eight hours away, you know, with traffic, give or take. So the opportunities are um, are slim for our fans to get a full face of nitromethane every year up here. Happy to report uh, in talking to the folks at New England Dragway, track's doing very well, having a great season. And this was kind of a an unfortunate blemish on that great season so far. But we cannot control the weather. A lot of stuff we can't control, but we cannot control the weather. There's just not a lot to talk about. You know, we, we, we can talk about pedaling runs and, and the run that Clay Milliken made. The car was wrestling him all over the place. He fought it down to the top end, got himself into that final. We can talk about how Leah Pruitt's team managed to get down in the very hot conditions on Friday, as did Antron Brown. And, you know, Antron was probably one of the few people that did not want to leave New England Dragway because his team went down in the heat. They went to the finish line, and they went all the way down to the finish line in the very cold weather. So it was like they were the one group, one of a few, very small number of groups that had success, if you will, relative success on both days. Chad Green, career number one qualifier, number one for him. That team was ecstatic. Saw them on Saturday night at the uh, Always Fantastic, and I have to thank Coletta Motorsports for putting this on. They put on a, a dinner in the memory of Scott Coletta every year. They used to do it at Englishtown. They do it at New England Dragway now. And it's great. You know, it's uh, 
it's their hospitality folks they bring in you know a truckload of lobsters and there's the food is just the food gets us there right the food gets us you know in the door and we all enjoy the food but it is one of the few times of the year everybody puts their competitive hats to the side and you just sit down and you eat and you talk and you tell stories and catch up on on life stuff as much as you do about racing and chad green and his whole crew walked in wearing those gold caps so so proud of themselves as they should have been dan wilkerson did a great job the car went 410 matt hagan went 412 alex laughlin went 412 but they go into epping as the number one qualifier or they go into bristol as the epping number one qualifier for that race as does alex laughlin no i'm sorry not alex laughlin as does chad green goes in as the funny car number one qualifier so even i'm confused and antron brown goes in as the number one qualifier in top fuel Dan Mercier is on the list for the race in in the Bristol race in Epping. I'm, I'm not sure Dan was on the list before this, um, but because he is going to be basically able to double up and run two races in the same weekend, his team appears to have added Bristol to the docket for themselves, which is great. Dan's car is solid. He is uh, obviously qualified for the Epping Eliminator, and he's going to do his best to uh, try to win two this weekend. He's trying to get his first top field victory with Rob Wendland as his crew chief. And they certainly have parts and pieces and knowledge to do just that. It does not appear Jim Campbell will make the trip. Campbell was driving the Hershauser Racing Monte Carlo, which was in the field, uh, which will allow for a first-round buy, if you will, a first-round competition single for Chad Green. And so with that, uh, he will, I believe, with no Jim Campbell there, and I'm going to have to consult my ladder, with no Campbell there, I am reasonably certain that Chad Green will advance out of the first round with a competition single, will then have a solo in the second round, and again, I will confirm that here momentarily, and then he will be in a semifinal round, which would put him again in the Mission Too Fast program. He has not missed a single one of those. He has more semifinal appearances than anybody in the Nitro Funny Car category, and because of that, he has not missed a mission too fast, too tasty opportunity. So he's been doing a nice job for himself, kind of stacking those points up. So let's take a look at our funny car competition ladder here as I pull it up on my phone. So that's exactly what's going to happen. Chad Green will be unopposed unless there's some late inning uh, heroics here and Jim Campbell uh, enters a race and he will race Jim Campbell first round. But in round two, he will have nobody. And that's another pass into a semi. And talk about the gift that this becomes for that team strategically because Ron Caps, for instance, who Chad would have to race in the semis, is going to have to go through the likes of Bob Tasca in the first round. Then he's going to face either Hyder DeJoria in the second round. He has to race these people. They have to make racing-related decisions. Chad Green gets to make, and, and Dan Wilkerson gets to make qualifying-related decisions. They get to make pure performance decisions as opposed to the strategic side of it with who are we racing, what do we need to run, what's the window, what do we think they're going to run. For Chad Green, it's a freebie, baby. Take it on down the line twice and then come into the semis with maybe a better handle on anything than anybody else if they're able to do a good job in those first two passes. So one of many stories we'll be covering this weekend, and again, I encourage you to check out NHRA.com for all the schedule information for the event, for the television schedule, which uh, I am reasonably sure we go on the air at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
uh, for the qualifying show, and that at 8:30 we will be live with the first round of eliminations from Epping. So you know we're gonna or the Epping race. So we're gonna kind of catch ourselves, as we like to say, in the biz where we have a show that we condense down some qualifying action to, and then seven, I rather seven to 8:30, then 8:30 forward. You will be watching live first round elimination action from the New England Nationals being contested at Bristol. There is not a lot much more to talk about. I mean, we can talk about Gage Herrera. We can talk about if this racetrack is the first major obstacle he'll face beyond the obvious human and mechanical obstacles he's battled with. Uh, We can talk about Dallas Glenn. The guy's won three times this year. He's going to be racing in the always difficult altitude-related conditions of a Thunder Valley Nationals at Bristol Dragway. Um, But let's be honest. The real story here is the fact that we're running two races in one weekend, and all of us on every level are scrambling to get our ducks in a row to make sure that that happens in the best way possible. So I apologize for the very quick short show this week, but that's kind of what this is. It's a very quick, short week. We're all kind of a half a lap down trying to get ourselves back up to speed. We're thrashing to get our content put together for these five shows, and then um, we'll be right back at it on Friday night on FS1. So that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back with a full-fledged effort next week. We'll get you totally up to speed on both the winners from Epping, the winners from Bristol in Bristol, and everything that shakes up from there. Mission Too Fast, Too Tasty, and kind of the twists and turns of what promises to be one of the more off-the-wall weekends of NHRA drag racing I've ever experienced, and perhaps many of you have as well. I would get your backside to Bristol Dragway. This is a rare opportunity to see something that who knows when it happens again. It was, it's been a couple of years. 2019 was the last time any of us could remember trying to complete a race on a Monday, which was in Houston that year. And so we had that going on in, in 2019. And uh, we haven't tried that Monday trick since. And it certainly has been a long time since forever uh, than we've run a full race in qualifying over the course of the same weekend we're running a normal race. So tune in on FS1. Come see us at the racetrack. Go to NHRA.com to get your tickets. That's it for this week. Short and sweet as it is. I'll see you Friday night from Bristol Dragway with Tony Pedragon, Amanda Busick, and Bruno Massel. And you should be there in person to watch what's going to be one of the wildest weekends of NHRA competition in some years. I'm Brian Loans. Thanks, as always, for watching and or listening to the NHRA Insider Podcast.